Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Welcome back to another episode of the 5th and Last NRL podcast, kicking off with some news. Suspensions first up. Josh Papali and Terry Campisi were both cleared of their charges. Papali had none for his spear tackle on Scott Prince. Campisi got 50 points for an early guilty plea and also for having a good record. Sonny Bill Williams was cleared of his high shot on Matt Ryan. Boyd Cordner, though, will miss one game with an early guilty plea for his striking charge. Uh, on the Papali front for the next game for Queensland, Ben Hennett obviously missed this game. He has one game, Malmaninka has said, to audition to show that he is fit for origin. Also, the likes of Dave Taylor and obviously Papali in the picture with people such as McQueen and Gillette, maybe even Harrison under pressure. Uh, we've got Saud, who may finish his career in Europe after all playing for the Cutters on the weekend, not playing for the Dragons and them getting a win. Uh, it's in a situation now where they're probably both going to go in separate directions, so he may end up in the Super League or playing Rugby Union to finish off this year before heading to Penrith. On the Dragons also, they've opened up talks with Josh Dugan. Obviously, they only signed him for the rest of this year with his recent red-hot form and possibility of taking the jersey from Hayne if he's injured. They've started talks now to try and get him locked up as soon as possible. Speaking of fullbacks, Ben Barber today linked to the Titans and the Broncos. Obviously, this is only going to materialise if... The dogs do end up going for Israel Folau, but until further notice, nothing going on there. But if it does happen, no surprise if the Titans will be the favourite. They've got spending money, and his brother Marmon is up there. Neil Henry's days as the Cowboys coach seem numbered, even though there's not too many replacements out there, in my opinion. Uh, it seems like they're pretty close to getting rid of poor old Neil Henry. Jeff Robson has signed a two-year extension with the Cronulla Sharks to stay there. Obviously, Townsend's just left, so they've got him there with Carney for the next two years. Craig Gower, another half. His deal's official with Newcastle now. Whether he's going to play at nine or half is yet to be seen, but uh, not named this week. We'll see what happens there. Matt Morland's manager, Alan Ganey, is consulting lawyers at the moment to see if they can find a way around this second-tier cap that's exhausted at Penrith to get him back playing as soon as possible. Frank Pornuasala has been sounded out by the Eels, Sharks, Dragons and the Warriors, obviously out of favour at the Roosters at the moment, who have plenty of stocks in the Fords. Speaking of forwards, Keith Galloway has re-signed for three years at the Tigers this week, and Nathan Friend, the hooker for the Warriors, is likely to be forced out. With Lulawai most likely to move to hooker next year, with Johnson being joined by Chad Townsend in the halves, who's recently signed from the Sharks. On the Warriors, the New Zealand 20s coach, John Acklin, has stepped down after winning two under-20s titles and currently sitting fourth this year. Uh, he's guided through many of the big names that have moved up from MIC, such as Madalino, Conrad Harrell, Johnson, all these guys, Ben Henry. So a big loss for them, and, and the search starts now for a replacement. David May, the Titans CEO, has resigned, citing personal reasons, but many think it's his relationship with the CEO, David Searle, which has led to a breakdown. 
uh, in terms of the disgusting injury he saw on the weekend when Corabetti dislocated his elbow. He's likely to be out for six weeks. But hopefully this week they're going to get back James Tedesco, Chris Lawrence and Blake Ashford, so a bit of relief there. Tim Grant's also going to be out for a bit of a stint after breaking his hand. And uh, on the New South Wales doctor, Nathan Gibbs, he has said that Hayne is line ball to play in the next game. So Dugan's form comes at a good time. He may be in. As far as Farris concerned, I don't know what everyone else is thinking, but if he's out, I'm asking, does Reynolds move to nine and Sutton or a bench forward come in? Or do they put Ennis straight in and leave Reynolds on the bench in the role that he played previously? Also now, uh, as we move on to James Tarnow getting caught four times over the speed limit and unlicensed, uh, the Cowboys see his remorse for once his first defence and will pay a penalty, but does this affect his New South Wales chances? We have to wonder. And finishing up on the Warriors again, uh, they've had a couple of re-signings happen today. They've re-signed Sione and Sam Lousy, the giant brothers. Uh, they've got Sue Matagi, the front row, who's recently debuted, and they've also re-signed Peter Godinay, which continues a recent trend of re-signing up most of their young talent and building their stocks from within, besides uh, buying Chad Townsend and Jason Bakuya and re-signing Philly Mateo. But uh, going forward, that's all the news for this week. We'll expand on a few of these news stories to come out with Mr Gossip later on in the show. And thank God we're back to a full round of eight games this week. I'm really not a fan of the short rounds. It drives me up the wall. But for now, let's get into the podcast, kicking off with the Fast Five. Welcome. Fast five for this week. Our highlight, low light, player of the round, worst player of the round in our question. Starting off with the highlight, uh, a little bit biased for me this week. Cameron Smith's 250th game. Uh, super proud, very happy that he's played at our club. And I definitely think he's going to be an immortal when he retires. Uh, once again, sounded very biased, but I think he's the best hooker to have played the game. And a lot of rugby league experts share my opinion. So uh, hopefully he stays at Melbourne. Uh, he's a big topic at the moment, coming off contract. So I hope he plays 300-plus for us. Well, I think he'll definitely play 300-plus. Mine comes out of the same game. Uh, the Melbourne Storm, just back to their best. They blew Cronulla off the park. They were very clinical. Uh, and, you know, the back end of the game, they they had a bit of a, a power nap um, because the game was in the bag with, um, you know, probably even a half-time. They subbed a couple of players off. Cameron Smith refused to come off, which is, uh, oh, oh, it was nice. Which is good. It was nice to see that they asked him if he wanted to come off though in his uh, 250th. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, low light for me is just the referees checking every try. I'm sick of it. Uh, start of the year they were making some calls on their own. Now it just seems that it doesn't matter what happens. There was a few uh, over the weekend that were obviously tries, and they just seem gun shy. No one wants to blow the whistle. No one wants to be held accountable. All I can say is suck it up. Grow a pair, you're wearing the shirt, you've got the whistle in your hand, start making decisions. Yeah, that probably comes back to origin period as well. Like, this is a period where the uh, microscope goes well and truly onto the referees. Mine is the, the salary cap situation out at Penrith. I can't understand how, uh, you know, they're, they're being penalised for their second-tier salary cap when their first-tier for their top 25 salary cap is well under what every other NRL club is, is playing under. Uh, it just seems a, a strange situation that um, you know, you're not allowed to fill up your first cup, and uh, you know, you, you, well, you're not allowed to fill up your first cup. But you, once you fill up your second cup, you're um, you're barred. So um, I don't understand why they don't just move some of that that money and and put it onto the the top 25. They, they've lost Lachlan Coote for the year. He'd be chewing up a fair bit of uh, of of salary cap. So it just seems like a really strange situation. 
Yeah, well, Moylan's manager, Alan Gain, he's looking into it with a lawyer at the moment, so they're trying to find a way to overturn it. Yeah. Uh, best player of the round for me, once again, sounding biased, but I was super impressed because I've been hypocritical, uh, or very critical in the last few weeks, which was Gareth Whittock. He needed to take control during the origin period, even though the boys were back and they were, they were hurting after losing for Queensland. He got man of the match and deservedly so. Two try assists, scored one of his own. Uh, he put Bobby Blair through a couple of holes and broke the line twice on his own. So yeah. uh, if you're a Dragons fan, hopefully that's what you're going to be getting next year and hopefully uh, he can forge his own path once he leaves. Yeah, he was. He was sensational. More on those Dragons fans. They would have been cheering. My player of the round, Josh Dugan, single-handedly uh, came up with two cracker tries to, to win the Dragons uh, the game over um, over the Newcastle Knights and Steve Price's coaching record, 4-0 over Wayne Bennett. Yeah, very, very nice. Uh, worst of the round... Uh, every week I seem to do this. I can't really pick a player. It usually ends up being the team, and this week it's the Broncos. Mm. Uh, they just look disinterested. They're flat. They've signed absolutely nobody. They're, you know, they're using the, the hooker, who's probably second to Cameron Smith and Andrew McCulloch, is playing half a game to a bloke who can't even be a halfback, Ben Hunt, who seems to get sympathy minutes at nine. Like, yeah, Anthony, Gri- Anthony Griffin, all I can say, mate, is three words, sort it out. Yeah. And uh, if they don't sort out pretty soon... I'd just fire him, to be honest. He'll be without a job, definitely. I know people, I've said it about the Neil Henry situation, they need a replacement, but in his case, I'm willing to make an exception, just fire him now. Yeah. Sam Thido's not a front row. He looks burnt out and old. Uh, Corey Parker's the only one who really seems to be effective. He's busting his hump and they're getting nowhere. Mm. So I think it's time for a change. For me, um, and I agree with everything you just said about the Broncos, they were awful, uh, mine was the Sharks' centre pairing. Uh, I highlighted it at the start of the year more for their, uh, their attacking... Uh, prowess or lack of, but um, defensively they were awful the other night, and they got uh, they got exposed by a Melbourne team that was uh, very clinical. Yeah, well, we got a question, no question uh, to review this week. Obviously, we ran the the Origin jersey question for a couple of weeks there, but um, which was won by Adam Zilstra. He won it. Yeah. Um, so this week we've got a new question. Do you agree with the manner in which Parramatta players were told um, of their futures at the club? Obviously, that was uh, played out in the media over the last few days. Uh, apparently players were caught into a meeting and showed on a, on a PowerPoint or a presentation uh, the players that were going to be at the club, uh, the maybes and the uh, and the definites. So uh, we all obviously work in different industries and, and have different types of bosses, but um, do you think that Parramatta could have done it in a more professional manner? I think they could have. I think it was pretty ordinary what they did, even though I think a lot of the players there probably deserve to be on their way out. Mm. I think they could have done it in a better way. Well, for me, I'm a little more old school. And when you're in this industry, you can't expect it to be the same as any old job. If the players can toss and turn and flip on contracts and do what they please, uh, they always say, oh, it's a business, it's not about loyalty anymore. And guess what? The club is just doing what the what the world is right now, and it's business. Yeah. But so for me, they, as they a played coach, their hands, I, would have, uh, I would have called them all in individually and then made but it. If it's it's, it's going to get played I out, understand though. if it's going gonna, it's gonna to get around, but for me... Um, if I'm a player that got put up there and that was the first I'd heard of it, um, I'd be filthy as well. Well, I'm kind of looking at it. I know that's a bit blunt and a lot of people weren't happy with it, but I look at it from a character point of view too. You're going to get the real reaction uh, out of those players yeah, maybe up that's on the screen. When you do that in front of a room, you've just challenged somebody. So they're either going to, you know, they're going to fly or they're going to fall, yeah. all those people that put up. So I'm pretty happy with it. It's not an ordinary job. It's not your everyday. It's not like blasting somebody in an office and saying, yeah, he's fired, or this is who we like, this is who we don't like. You're a professional football player. It's a limited window. Players get to flip on clubs, so it's about time the clubs get to deliver. Fair it's, enough. It's a dog-eat-dog world, and it's a business. Yeah. Uh, that'll be up on the page, so make sure you get onto that one. We'll get that on Gossip's page as well. 
But uh, now we'll move on to our reviews of the games from the weekend. For all the latest rugby league gear, head into Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. Fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and legends. Alright, reviews of the games from the weekend. Starting on Friday night, uh, the Sydney Roosters played the Parramatta Eels at Parramatta. 38-24, to pretty resilient effort, I-, I thought, by the Parramatta Eels, considering the week they had uh, with the players being told whether they were wanted or not, pretty full-on, but uh, I thought they gave a good account of themselves, the, the Sydney Roosters. Uh, I-, I don't think that their coach would have been too happy, even though they had a couple come back from origin. They're still missing their front rowers. They had more misses. They conceded more penalties and more errors than Parramatta, which is very un- uncharacteristic considering how they've been going under Trent Robinson. Definitely, yeah, it was a strange game. I don't know what to make of it, whether Parramatta were good or, or the Roosters were bad. I, I probably think the latter. The Roosters were fairly ordinary. I, I thought they you know, they came out of the blocks hard, uh, took the foot off the pedal. Again, in the second half, skipped away to a, a decent lead. And, you know, with eight minutes to go, Parramatta were probably in the game and, and had the momentum heading into the back end until a ridiculous chip kick um, and Minicello goes the length and the game's over. But... Um, yeah, a, a rusty performance. I don't know whether that's to you could blame Origin for it. They had a, obviously had a few players in Origin, but some of their other key players, like oh, I thought Sonny Bill, that's probably close to the worst game I've seen him play mm. um, since he's been over. <clears throat> uh, Jennings, he, he looked uh, you know a little bit dusty. He looked like he was carrying a couple of niggles, um, and then they, they just looked frustrated. That was probably um, noted when Boyd Cordner and Matty Ryan had a yeah. punch up. I think Parramatta just really dragged the Roosters into a sort of a fight and um, it almost worked for Parra. Yeah, well, I thought it was a bit strange. They rested Hayne. Uh, he did have a niggle and obviously ended up going off with a hamstring, but mm. they had him on the bench to start with and they put him on at 5'8". I don't really think now is the time to be starting experimenting with him as a 5'8 when you've just seen what he'd done at fullback in yeah. origin. But at the same time, if he's moving moving forward, like looking ahead, and he's going to be playing Mullaney, who did have a pretty good game, and you're going to have Hayne at 6 well, then why did you just buy Corey Norman to come over to Sandow? You know, yeah. like, I'm still looking at it like that way, going, why are you tampering with it? Just mm. leave him at oh, I, I agree, mate. I totally agree. I, I don't know why Hayne even started on the bench. I find it really hard to believe that Jared would have wanted to have started off the bench. I doubt he would have. Um, you know, I, I like Jake Mullaney, don't get me wrong. I, I think he, he really tries hard, and he's he's one of the better young young uh, players that Parramatta's got. Um, I don't know. It's it's a really strange situation. I don't think things are rosy between uh, Hayne and Stewart, put it that way, especially on the back of, like we said, what happened last week. Yeah, well, a lot of passion and effort after the contract situation. Obviously, Rennie Matua won that pulled out, citing that you know, he just wasn't in the right headspace. Yeah. Uh, I think there was their, their sixth or seventh debut player from this year, Braden Williami, on the wing. Yeah. Well, can we just comment on that? Like, what's your take <clears throat> on Matua saying that? What would you think if you're you're the coach? Because I think Rennie Matu was in the maybe basket, or I is think, he in the uh, Gonski basket? Uh, I think he was one of the ones that was told he was gone, but he's still got a contract. Yeah. So I, I said to you, he was the one that I kind of thought... Me too. It was strange to try and offload, even though he's older. For the squad they've got right now, Rennie Matu is a bloke they'd want to be holding on to. Yeah. And they wouldn't have had to pay much for him to start with, because he come back off that drug ban. So yeah. 
I, did, I looked at him and kind of thought, that's a strange one to be trying to get rid of. He's one of your only forwards at the moment, probably besides young Terrapo, who's going pretty good, that's offering you a bit of point of difference. And the other young bloke, Kalepi Tanganoa, who's out at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I, I but thought, what do you make of it? Like, Well, I, if I'm a coach, you know, I drop that kind of a bombshell and a bloke comes in man-to-man and tells me that he's honestly not in the right headspace, I respect that. Yeah. Uh, it's probably better than him playing, but at the same time, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows how he would have gone if he was on For the For me, like if I'm the if I'm the coach, it's not a great look. And if I'm the player, I'm thinking I want to play and prove him wrong ASAP. Get yeah. on the field and, and put in a good performance. He's also out there. He's an advertisement now for a contract with other clubs. Like mm-hmm. he's putting himself out there. That, so I think for potential clubs as well, you're going to be thinking, well, bloody hell, a little bit of uh, resilience would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going to happen? I don't know. He's obviously he's been at Parramatta through all these tough times and. Uh, it hasn't been easy, but really strange situation. I would have liked to have seen him go out and play, um, and I think even with him on the field, they would have been would have been better for it. You know, you just don't know what, what could have happened if he was on the field. Yeah, well, very stutter start kind of game. Every time they they got ahead, they got dragged back in. Uh, there was a point there. I'm pretty sure it was 22 to 20. It was very very close. They obviously shot away, yep. got the job done, but uh, in no certain terms, like I said, uncharacteristic as far as more missed tackles, penalties, and errors. Uh, you know, they come off the Melbourne loss. They've had the buy. I'm not saying they're shaking at all. They got the job done, but they definitely need to sort something out yep. over the next couple of weeks. I don't know how far off Mower is. I think he was going to be out for eight weeks, but Jared, uh, he's not too far off. I think they're really missing both their front rowers. Martin Kennedy had a wow of a game. Yep, and Luke O'Donnell's been doing a pretty good job, but. I still think with those two guys there, they're a lot more potent. They get a much better roll on. Yeah, I think at the moment the Roosters are relying their roll on. They're relying on their back three mm. for their roll on. Um, you know, they've got obviously big Daniel Tupo, Roger Tuivasa, Sheck. I thought Minicello, That was a, that was a pretty solid performance from uh, Mini. Uh, and then I'd probably put it down to those three. The reason why they won the game. Yeah, well, I thought Kennedy, uh, as you said, those two Terrapo, Sheck, a try piece over 100 meters. Uh, as far as Parramatta is concerned, I thought Mullaney, Young Terrapo, Jacob Loco, and Tim Manor, as always, he's been the mainstay this year. He busts his coin old Timmy Manor. <laughs> I don't want to go too deep into it. Uh, we'll keep watching it, and it's, it's been happening during the year, but we'll watch it over the next few weeks and see what happens. But if I'm the Roosters, I have a weakness that's going to cost me the Premiership this year or going forward, and it's Sean Kenny Dow's edge. Yeah. He had seven missed tackles the other night. And uh, he really makes it hard for his inside and his outside man. Uh, people have pointed the finger a few times at Pierce and Sheck, but at the same time, he turned himself inside out there on Mullaney. I've got no idea what he was doing. Yeah, he 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 was well engaged into the line. All he had to do was hit him. Yep. He ended up turning away. I don't know how. Uh, he got his pants pulled down a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, that, that tackle was actually harder to miss than it was to make. Exactly, yeah. but that wasn't the first one. The next time he went in. Yeah. So he's got himself really tangled up at the moment. If I'm uh, Trent Robinson, that's probably the only thing I'm looking at going ahead that's going to hurt us. And if I can remember correctly, Melbourne and the Raiders uh, both had success in their wins over the Roosters, and it was on Sean Kenny Dow's edge. So going forward, I'd be getting the hit pads out and throwing a lot at that side and trying to get him to sort his defence out because he's going to be a problem going ahead. But yeah. uh, we'll keep our eyes on that. Now, Saturday night kicked off with Newcastle versus St. George, Price versus Bennett. Master and the Apprentice, and uh, as you said before, Price is now four and zero of the great Wayne Bennett. Uh, all I can say is this is very bland. I wasn't excited at all watching this. <laughs> the great Wayne Bennett who is absolutely struggling well, to get yeah. this side up. Fourteen to eight uh, at Newcastle. They lost at their fortress for a second time this year. The game was, like I said, very bland. Is all I can put. It was four nil. 
at half time. It was back and forth. Uh, it was boring as batshit, to be honest. It was 8 0 with, you know, 20 to go. You know, the, the Dragons, they play that ad lib style of football, but a lot of time their offloads aren't for positive meters. They just chuck it out the back. Mm. Uh, and Newcastle, I'm, I'm going to take a shot at Wayne Bennett here. He's just taken the same core group of players in Boyd, Smith, all these guys who are a bit older now. Bo Scott, yeah. who, you know, did his best to get his grub on with a nice leg twist and a crusher which uh, sparked up old Benny Cray, but... Get his grub on. It's the same game plan, it's the same players, and it's just not working. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And, you know, I'm, to be uh, honest, I'm sick of it. It's They're the most boring team to watch Yep, in the NRL. Agreed. He did and it to the just, Dragons, uh, and it burned me, and now he's gone yeah, to the team. Yeah, but I thought at the Dragons, it's probably what they needed. They, well, they were always... The Dragons were always too flamboyant. But I'll give them one thing. They had enough soul... To kind of carry out oh, that definitely. plan, you know? yeah. I think Newcastle, to, as you say, they don't have the soul to carry out this. It's game a different plan. side, full of different different characteristics and different uh, strengths and weaknesses. And he's tried to apply the, the things that worked at St George straight over. It, things need to change. But he's got uh, he's got different pieces here. You've, well, you've got, got your, Mullen, you know, you've got these Mullen, kind of guys. Mullen and you know? Roberts are two really off the cuff running threats as yeah, halves. They're not it. those. They're not those guys that are going to. Well, they are the guys that can play those structured plays, but it shouldn't be the uh, the bread and butter of your game plan, that's for sure. Yeah, but if he wanted to play structured football, you shouldn't have players like Dane yeah. Gagai, Aquilio Arte. No, well, I agree. Give him early ball. Like, what, what are you doing? Well, I know Uato's at the moment, but this structure that he's brought over, yeah. they can't stick to it's it. They, they remind me of the Tigers. Every time the Tigers had a problem, they say, well, play structured. Every time they went back to playing flamboyant, that's what their players were there to do when they were successful. Yeah. It's a bit the same here. He's gone to a team now, I think, where he can't he can't put the same game plan and he has to adjust. And for yeah. a bloke who's been coaching for as long as he has, I'm surprised that he hasn't adjusted quicker. Well, you've got to work out a system that's uh, going to be best for the players you've got. Uh, and, and as we're saying, it, as we're highlighting, it's not probably the best suited for the players they've got. And no. Th- that's the reason they're losing. Um you know, St George got it. Dugan scored two tries um, off the cuff, sort of footy, and it's working for them. And the Dragons were the site. The Dragons were the Knights eight weeks ago, mm. until Steve Price sort of um, hung them out there a little bit and said, "Well, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna change our style a little bit to the players we've got, and they're they're better off for it." I mean, they're not setting the world on fire, the Dragons, but they're certainly the playing a lot better than what they were. You know, in the first probably six weeks of the Premiership, I'd rather watch their effort football and their scrappy offloading and trying to punch up the middle than watch the Knights try yeah, to bore me to death doing the same old shifts, trying to rely on the same old crap. Yeah, you know, um, I think Darius Boyd still got a lot to answer for. Mullen, I'm not going to beat up on too much. I think he's he's been better, but he's inconsistent. Yeah, uh, they need to break the shackles and get some more second phase going because at the moment they're just absolutely killing me. I thought Snowden was one of their best again. And they've brought in a guy like Leigh Lua. Here's another one, you know. He, yeah. he had a, a cracker of a game last night. He had a try and eight tackle busts. McManus, same deal again. One of their better players. And the young hooker Clydesdale looks like a one for the future. But it's just time to break it open a bit. Yeah. Uh, Bo Scott, the crusher, I don't think he'll get too much for that. There wasn't much in it. But the leg twist and all the grub against his former teammates. I'm not surprised Ben Cray tried to kill him. Yeah. Uh, I, I applaud Ben Cray for going after him because I wouldn't have been happy if I was seeing someone do that to my teammate either. As far as the, the Dragons are concerned, I have to give a massive rap to Nathan Fien. Everyone's been hating on him. Uh, even I've been hypocritical. But the other night, without Soward, uh, him and Stanley just did their jobs. I thought Fien's kicking game was absolutely outstanding. He took control. And Chase Stanley did the one thing that Jamie Soward doesn't do all night. He just took the line on. Run the ball. Yeah. He run the ball. He took the line on. He didn't make things complicated. Uh, their hooker rotation's looking a lot better now. Cammy King's starting to 
I'm not going to say outshine Mitchell Rain, but he, he's picking up Mitchell Rain's game. He's realised now that he's got a bit of competition there, so they've got two great young hookers. Yeah. Dugan, we've already said, you know, wow, over 200 metres, the two tries. And one big positive here I've got to give for Steve Price, especially after another pre-season, is the young forwards that are developing. Jack Stockwell, Tyson Frizzell, DeBellin being led by Merrin. Yeah. That is a mainstay of a pack going forward. And there's some great, you know, points of difference in there. Stockwell, got a little bit of feet, runs the ball hard. Frizzell, great edge player, good feet. DeBellin hits like a sledgehammer and gets to do plenty of work. And obviously Merrin's, you know... And then they've got those older heads there in Cray and Wayman and those sorts of mm. guys to yeah add the polish around it. I yeah, think, no, they're, they're, I think they're just missing... I think um, it's centres at the missing moment. Missing some centres. You know, they've uh, got the wings and the full half. But yeah, I think... When they get Whittle, obviously, mm. and if they can find someone to stick with him, obviously Fiend and Soward are going to be are going to be Gonskis. Uh, you know, they've got... Um, well, they've got Dylan Farrell and Thompson coming. I'm starting yeah. to look at both of them and maybe think... Well, you've seen, the, we've the seen Thompson that Farrell's... Going there to play six, six yeah, and I, they're still looking at Ringy Chase. I'm hearing too, but yeah, well, um, the, the, bet, the more options they can get for the preseason, probably the better. And you know, Ringy Chase isn't going to break the bank. Mm. Uh, you know, they obviously haven't broken the bank with Josh Drinkwater, so you just want to you know get some troops around and see if you can't get one out of the bag that at a, at a decent price. Well, for the time being, I'm happy with Chase Stanley to stay there. From what I said on the weekend, they both did those opposite roles. Fiend controlled things. Yeah, Stanley just took the line on. And like I said, going forward, developing that young forward pack, I'm giving Price a wrap now. He's starting to uh, do the job. If they can find some centres and, and some halves, I think they've really got a chance to build a side. Yeah, uh, over the next couple of years. Now moving on to the other Saturday night game, uh, another one. That I'm going to describe as clunky is the key word, I think, and that's the word being used a lot for North Queensland, who lost at home to the Bulldogs 36-26. to 26. But the Dogs, they're 6 from 7 now, but even them, they've been very stop-start on their way to getting this 6 from 7. Uh, the Cowboys had no JT, but I really thought that the young halves pairing that was in there in Morgan and Louis were very solid, especially Louis. He's definitely the, the 7 going forward yeah. for uh, the North Queensland Cowboys, but... Uh, it was a grind for about 20 minutes, and then they both had a bit of a burst and went try for try. Barber got a, a first-half double to make it 12 all at half time. Uh, I think Des Hazard probably would have been a bit disappointed because they did, you know, look like they were about to take control of the game, but they let North Queensland back in. Coming out for the second half, uh, absolutely shocking all. They were down 20-12. Clint Greenshields went straight through, and then off the ensuing kickoff, they went again yep. and almost scored a try. So I, I was... A, Left a bit dumbfounded, but uh, it, 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 they took control and then they just got four tries, you know, absolute ease. Their forwards powered through. They got down the field. Josh Reynolds definitely showed why he was picked for origin. Hodkinson as well. I think now Chris Keating, he's definitely done as far as NRL is concerned. Hodkinson's come back and started to play the kind of football he did at Manly. And uh, I think moving forward it's just scary to think what's going to happen when they click because they've won six from seven and I don't even think they've been playing good football well I think they're slowly uh, obviously improving um, yeah. so I'm not not really going to focus too much on the dogs I, the Cowboys obviously missing Thurston so I don't know how much you uh, take out of this game in in regards to that now the the bubs arrived obviously he's had a baby girl maybe that's what was playing on his mind uh, Thurston not too sure again in origin he was he was fairly quiet so let's hope this week he can he can get back. Um, they're going to need him because they're, they're taking on St George in Sydney, um, and you know obviously they've lost Michael Morgan. Uh, Robert Louis seems to be coming on okay, but uh, the nine 
that's that's the area for the Cowboys. They're, they're struggling in the in the nine um, area. Clint Greenshields, I wouldn't bring Matt Bowen back in even if he was fit. I was about to say played. Clint Greenshields had probably a moment or two under the high ball, but at the same time his that's support, fixable. His support yeah. play and all the rest of it was fantastic. His involvement, I, Matt Bowen just lacks involvement at the yeah. moment. And I said it you earlier in the year, a lot of people. Didn't know who Clint Greenshields was. I remember him when I was about 13 or 14 oh, yeah. playing, and I really liked him. He's good for the Dragons. I was surprised that the Dragons let him go, but after so much time away, he's still the same kind of player as he was when he left. He can play in the halves. He plays at fullback, centre. Uh, he's just a really well-rounded player. But yeah. we're going to get a we're going to get a really good gauge on where the dogs are at this week, taking on Manly at Brookie. So mm. uh, that'll be a cracker. Yeah, and obviously North Queensland are playing St George, so this is this is it pretty much I reckon for them. Close to they, yeah, they, they need they lose here. They need almost eight wins, I think, from where they are at the bottom now to kind of get themselves a guaranteed spot. Yeah, with how many games are left in the Origin period out of their last eleven. But uh, at the moment, from the start of the year, I was talking about them being in the grand final. I can't see them making the eight right now. No, uh, Scott and Tarmel, they, they they tried. They both got over a hundred again, but. Tight after Origin, it was pretty obvious. Like I said, Louis and Morgan, especially Louis, I'm looking at. He's the one who's standing up at the moment for me. Yeah. Um, they just lack it. And then even, well, now it's going to be compounded with James Tarmel obviously getting done for yeah, driving. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. Um, but I, I don't, I can't see him playing this week. Mm. Um, on, yeah. on the Bulldog side of things, though, like I said, Ben Barber, two tries is improving. They got T-Rex back on the weekend. Uh, Cassiano still looks like he needs a bit of fitness, but... Uh, nevertheless, they're out there, and, and Tolman and Graham, they're just absolutely killing it, same as they were last year in the halves. So, yeah. uh, you know, the, the one for me, just before we move on, I think I'm not the biggest fan of, but I have to give massive raps to this year, is Michael Linus. Mm. He's really led from the front during what's been a hard start to the year in all these games. He seems to have calmed down a lot. I don't know if it's just an age thing. Yeah. The, the older he's got, he's seemed to simmer down. But uh, the other week against the Warriors, when they needed to get back in on it, there's just been a couple of games this year where I've looked at him and thought, you know, he's really... Turned into a good captain and, and stepped up. Well, that, that's you got to give a lot of that credit to uh, the leadership uh, or the senior blokes at the club in Hasler and obviously Greenberg as well. Um, I, I don't think the way that Michael Ennis probably carried himself or you know was perceived by the public isn't a good look for the dogs. So maybe they've uh, slowly slowly worked on him and Ennis has probably woken up a little bit. You know, he, he had run-ins with you know Hindy. Um, you know, he just always seems to be in re- into referees and into opposition players. But as you say, this year he's uh, he hasn't created a headline, uh, which isn't a bad thing for the dogs. Mm. Well, moving on to Sunday's fixtures, the first game, uh, the Warriors eighteen sixteen over the Manly Seagulls, a massive win over there at home, three in a row. Uh, they were down twelve new early and they were getting smashed in the penalty count. But it just shows what happens when you get a little momentum go your way. Uh, you know, Horo and Hiku both crossed the line, and then the momentum swung. Uh, they got a bit of go for. They got the rubber green and the penalties, and Elijah Taylor crashed over. Then Mateo poked his nose to the line and held up a beautiful pass for Fishiahi. Twelve all at half time. Uh, second half, I was thinking pretty much the same thing again. It's going to come down to the forward battle and the penalty count. But uh, as it turned out, it, it was absorbing. It, it, it went up until about 25 minutes in before anything happened. And Conrad Hurrell, the bloke, is just a powerhouse. He, he knocked five blokes over that all had a good shot at him to make it 18 to 12. I uh, thought they, they might struggle to hold on, and uh, as you could imagine, Matt I scored in the 75th minute. The Warriors never let you down as far as a dramatic finish is concerned. Yeah. But uh, Jamie Lyon this year, who seriously, 
he could not kick it if they were the, as wide as the behind post from the AFL at the moment. He couldn't hit anything off it too. No. 18-16, uh, that was game over. But looking at this one, the New Zealand Warriors, since that Panthers game, they've set it themselves. That was the making of them. I think I'm going to put it down to more that I think they've finally got over themselves. They've got over the whole Matt Elliott thing and we didn't get the coach we wanted. Uh, a couple of blokes were up for contracts saying they wanted to move. I think everyone's just, you know, finally simmered down and realised that they've got a good side and they should be challenging for the top eight. Yeah. What you say with Jeremy Lyon, he's kicking it just over 60%. So uh, that is an area of concern, especially the the further you move into the comp and into the finals, you know, the goal kicking becomes a massive That Raiders game, 16-10, he didn't kick that, scored four tries. Yeah. The Raiders only scored twice. Yeah, it's an issue. Um, And then flip that to a side like the Dogs that were saying he's just getting home. Trent Hodkinson's kicking at 93%. So yeah. there's a couple of games issue. there that we might have been talking about differently if Hodkinson's not kicking that way. Yeah, it makes a difference, that's for sure. Uh, in terms of the Warriors, good on them. I mean, that's the one, and we said last week while we put our tips in, this was the one that was going to convince us that they're back. And uh, Manly, there's there's no tougher game than, than playing Manly. You know, and as you said, they, they uh, scored a try with, with five to go and um, look, probably looked like they were going to win the game. But... Obviously, the goal-kicking uh, sort of let them down at the end, but uh, they had more possession. They completed fairly well, and that's the key for for the Warriors. I mean, they're uh, definitely a, a potent in attack, but a lot of the times it's just the errors that they give away. Um, you know, they completed above 75%. So for uh, Matty Elliott, if, if you can get them to do that every week, completed over 75%, they're going to be, you know, bloody hard to beat for any side in NRL with the roster they've got. You play Manly, they say their defence is one of the better in the comp and you've got to beat their forward pack. Well, that's exactly how the Warriors won the game. They were too good in the forward battle. Uh, Fletty Mateo, who's been in probably career best form since he signed that contract. Yeah. Six offloads and that beautiful try assist for Fisciahi. Madalino and Lilliman just absolutely shredded their front row, 150 apiece. Uh, I think Sean Johnson, he's finally taken a bit of responsibility himself, uh, come out earlier and said he Realised that it was time to step up. And even his partner, I think Lulawai. Lulawai is very underrated. He's very scrappy, but he tries bloody hard. Yeah. Uh, on, on the flip side, for the Seagulls, the fullback uh, that was a warrior last year, their 20s player of the year, Peter Hicku, he's done a great job. They've got a great replacement ready-made for Brett Stewart. I know he's just re-signed for a few years, for, but for a fullback who's 30, yeah. who's had a knee reconstructions and, and got hamstring problems, if you had to call this bloke up every time, I'd be happy to. Yeah, he's only, yeah Stuart's only going to slow down. 195 uh, metres. He's a big boy and he's only been playing rugby league. Well, let's say Stuart does come back. Year. Where does he play? Does he go back? I, I'd be tempted to move Dave Williams off a wing and put Hiku on the wing. Yeah, you could think about it like that, but uh, you got you know, Tafura on one wing, Hiku. You they're know, pretty. They're pretty loyal. Stewart. Pretty loyal to David Williams. So. Uh, but that was the other. Oh one. yeah, but I mean, who's going to be more effective? That's just yeah. Yeah, well, I like Hiku. I'd be keeping him in there, especially yeah, coming definitely. back. But uh, you know, Tafura's the other one you just mentioned. 160 meters and two line breaks again. This is just from dummy half running. So for anyone out there that still thinks Nathan Merritt would have had a spot in front of Tafua, smash it on the table right now. Because yeah. that young bloke, if anything happened, I'd have no hesitation putting him in. When you saw in Origin the other night, like how many tries were scored by wingers? Mm. I mean, you know, well, look at Justin Boys Hodges. Won. Justin Hodges shows yeah. what your backs can do for you at a dummy half. Exactly. In Origin, that is. Mm. It's just a different style of game. I think uh, what Mao, he was pretty frustrated in this. He gave away a lot of penalties. Yeah. Uh, the halves weren't that great, but just a quick wrap before we move on to Justin Horror. He has to be one of the bargain boys of this year. Playing absolutely sensational. Yeah. Every week, Bussy's coit. Mm. Well, next week we see it again for the Warriors. They're going to play the Roosters. 
Yeah. Uh, if they can make this four in a row, I think they're on a serious run yep. back towards the finals, and they're not affected by Origin. So, especially when you uh, when you look at it as though they're they're playing and beating sides that are in the eight. So mm. eventually they're going to get to a point where they're going to play some sides outside of the eight, and it's going to give them a, a better chance of accumulating some points. Mm. They've made it harder on themselves, but they're, they're, yeah. if they're going to kick still off, got two buys to go as well, wouldn't they? Mm. Or did they have a buy in that period? Oh, regardless well, of that, sure, if you're yeah. going to kick off a run to the finals, now's the time to get going. Uh, the Seagulls as well. No, they've still got two boys in hand. So The Seagulls have got to play the Dogs this week, so another big game for them, especially the Dogs. You know, They've won six from seven. Now it's time to uh, try and chalk one up over uh, opposition that's higher on the ladder than them. And uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that the Bulldogs keep this resurgence going. Yeah, I wouldn't like to see them out of the finals. You know, I'm not saying they will miss, but I'd like to see them somewhere up around the top four. I think they're too good of a side not to be in the, in the, uh, up in that yeah. end of the spectrum come Definitely. the end of the year. Well, the Warriors, they, they hit the halfway mark of the season at five and eight. Um, and obviously, they three in a row. It could have been a lot worse. So, uh, you know, up and up. They're, they're obviously going to have to win. Or they're probably going to have to win 10 games to out of the 13 to, to make the eight. Yeah, well, they've, um, they've nine, missed... Nine, maybe. They've missed Harrell, Nielsen... Uh, Manu at times, as always. Todd Larry hasn't played for a few weeks. He's probably been their best forward prior to getting hurt. So, yeah. Well, if they can get I, themselves I to 50, 50, a 50-50 record, um, you never know. Yeah, I think they've done a pretty good job. But yeah. uh, The other Sunday fixture, the Penrith Panthers at home got absolutely no idea how they lost this game, but they did. 20-18, mm. to 18, they went down to the Tigers, who are... Uh, you know, the great effort by their young players. If there's one thing that I take out of this, it's the words of Mick Potter saying that they've built a base under their team now by having to blood so many young blokes that uh, going forward it's a big positive. And well, they've done it quickly too. Haven't they done it quickly? I mean, it was only sort of three weeks ago that they were playing on Friday night getting annihilated by South. Well, they've had some really good 20s teams and last year they won the comp and they won the New South Wales Cup so you would have had to have thought there was some people ready to come up. So, yeah. uh, you know, you've seen Corey Beattie move up. You've seen Woods come up the last couple of years. Couple of other young blokes like Nofaluma and, and Simona, and it's all showing right now. They've all played a little bit NRL, and they're much better for the experience. But uh, awesome early try, Dean Farah got no idea how he got the ball back into David Simmons. Uh, then they fell asleep on his short side, let Nofaluma score on the fifth and last, which is just a you know that's a cardinal sin. Dummy half run close to the line's bad enough, but on the last tackle, Luke Walsh caught on the short side on his own. Massive raps to Nofaluma for taking him on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, not long after that, Mossy Masoi. Got no idea why the the Tigers were so big in spacings. They let the big man get a one on one with Adam Blair, who at the moment he couldn't tackle. You know, he's five, a five year old girl. Uh, you know, Pettibourne on the, wasn't exactly helping on the inside. This was a bit back and forth, but half time, eighteen eight. I'm thinking the Panthers are going to get home. Yeah. Second half, they didn't score a point. Uh, they looked dangerous when they had the ball, but. I don't know. Maybe just a little bit too excited a few times. You know. Yeah, but I thought first half they had. A glut of possession, mm. an absolute glut of possession, and you know you'd probably watch the second half and say, "Well, the Tigers had a glut of possession second half, but Penrith still ended up winning the possession uh, rate quite comfortably. Um, had you know more opportunity with the ball. Penrith completed well, but it looked to me like I was at the game live, and it, it just looked like Penrith got to sort of eighteen, eighteen four, I think, with you know ten to go before half time and. They just, I think they thought they were home. Yeah, well, after Simmons returned the favour to Varo and that scored that try that got on to 18, I'm with yeah. them. They, they looked really, really complacent. It showed because, once again, as soon as they scored one, they let Benji throw a nice pass to Nofaluma who got a double. Yeah. 
and at eighteen eight, I'm kind of with you. I, I thought they might have come back out and you know got a bit of spark from Cleary and tried to at least put another one on the board before mm-hmm. they thought about trying to defend. Well, the first first try in that second half was vitally important, mm. uh, and it went obviously went to the Tigers and big Ava. Yeah, you crashing over on, on the grubber kick there, you know, yeah. a bit a bit of luck, but you need that to go your way in situations like that. And how about the Seguiaro save on Curtis Siren? Yeah, that was up. absolutely ridiculous. Crack I can't up. believe he held him up. But uh, you know, the, the bright spark of, of the game and uh, a good moment of vengeance for old Timmy Simona after he got absolutely poleaxed early on by Dean Faro was uh, skipping on his outside, beating a couple of defenders, and then turning Wesley Guam inside out to score the match winner. Great it was a moment. classic, classic try. Like watching it live, he was um, he was sort of running straight towards us up on the on the beer hill at Penrith, and uh, it was it was you know really impressive. He couldn't have couldn't have beaten uh, Wesnagrama any Enough easier. There. Like it was just it was cracker. He, he turned him inside out, uh, ran straight past him. It was a great try. Um, and if you watch it again, like he he beats probably. Five or six blows. I was going to say, I played him... And it was off nothing, it was off a tap. I played against him in my under-20s debut, and I remember taking an intercept in that game when they made a break. It's the first time I've ever taken an intercept in my life. Thought I was you know, going to at least get 30 or 40 metres. He hunted me down in no time, yeah. and a few times in that game, I got caught on edge with him running. He's a strong boy, I'm not surprised. He, yeah. he knocked a few out of the way. He's a powerhouse. Tim but he hasn't really set the world on fire. He's had, he's had a lot of opportunities in grade, but it just shows that these guys, you know, you get to sort of the 20-game mark, uh, and it's either sink or swim time, isn't it? And he he looks to be one that's really kicking up. He, he, well, him and Nofaluma are two that you could put on an edge together almost mm. long term. You know, they both look uh, very promising. Well, Ware probably got the points decision uh, on the shot. I give him Tim Simona. Yeah. Uh, you know, got the win. So yeah, he got the win. That's all that matters. But for me, Penrith, they just they got behind and they they really struggled coming from behind. They they look like they just panicked. Well, they had a couple of chances, and they, they looked really did. dangerous. They but uh, they just couldn't close the game out prior to that. That was more important. But as you just said, Nofaluma, Simona, and young Ava, the big front row, scored the try. All those young blokes are getting the job done. Uh, there's been a lot of effort. thought Benji was a bit better, but the mainstay of that team, as it has been all year, Aaron Woods, 190 metres and 40 tackles. The bloke's just an absolute freak. Yeah, especially without Farrow. There's got to yeah. be more said about that. He, big time. Uh, you know, it'd be like Melbourne losing Smith or... Uh, you know, the Rabbitohs losing English. I think Masada made about 48 tackles too. Playing no, he, nine, so he, was, he was good. He did a good job. But on the Panther side of things, I thought uh, Plum was very, very good. Yeah. Took the ball forward, uh, good in defence. Vara and Simmons on that edge look like they've kind of got a bit of a combination lockdown now. And Brown and Manu, uh, as usual, look very, very good. But they just lacked the killer blow when they got behind and yeah. shouldn't have been in that situation. In the They're lacking place. some real punch from their front rowers. They're missing McKendry and Grant. Well, I thought Roberts was a bit quiet. Uh, Roberts was a bit quiet yesterday in the back yeah, row. And I, you know, they've been going that way a fair bit more recently. But, yeah, definitely miss Timmy Grant. Uh, you know, having him on his own, they've still been getting the job done with Plum there. But, yeah, you can't have two big boys out and expect to roll through. Yeah. But, uh, leaving that one behind, the Panthers are away to the Raiders this week. Down there, that's, I think, a dangerous game for them. They yeah. I'm looking at this one and, you know, they've been playing some good footy and I don't know whether they're going to get Moylan back. But in, in Canberra, I think Canberra are going to get two in a row here. I think they're about to go on a bit of a run as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, uh, I as far agree. as the Tigers are concerned, this one, you flip a coin. You know, they they got Tough a good one. win here, but they've got to go down and play Brisbane, who on paper should win this game. But at the same time, the, the t- Tigers might be getting back Ashford, Fulton, Tedesco, and Lawrence. Uh, what You know... They're fresh off injury. You can't expect too much, but this one's a flip of the coin. It is, definitely. And the last one they played out at Campbelltown, it was 
it was a flip of the coin. I think Brisbane just got the cash uh, on that occasion, but it could have gone both ways. Mm. And then we move on now. The other Sunday game, obviously, one that's close to my heart, and that's the Melbourne Storm absolutely ravaging the Sharks, third out to six. Cameron Smith's 250th game. Uh, I'm blown away more on the little things. Uh, we've been very bad completion-wise this year. We're 35 from 40. Yeah. Uh, last year, I think we lost seven or eight in a row after the origin period, and I usually don't try to watch Melbourne games after the origin period because we don't seem to win. But it seems that those Queensland blokes that are usually smile when they come back and they're happy to have a rest, uh, they were pretty pissed off. And uh, they come back with a vengeance, not only for that 250th, but I think just a little frustrated from what happened to them in that New South Wales game. Yeah, well, the, probably the 250th game came at a perfect time for Melbourne as well, where it sat in the draw, because mm. this was a, a was a danger game. Um, and obviously, we, we backed uh, Cronulla with the start for the charity bet, and Christ, they needed a 40-point start uh, just with the... the uh, how clinical Melbourne were in this game, and uh, you know, and Melbourne can be like this at times. They they can be spasmodic. They obviously they win a lot of games, but they can sort of just get the job done and just get the job done. And but this one was a, a classic old school Melbourne performance. And just this is blew one them off for, the park. This is one thing for me though. The people that go, oh, they've been going like busters. If you don't, oh, they haven't been going like busters. If, if you don't think but they win, if, if you don't think that there's not a plan behind what they're doing, yeah, exactly. you're off your head. You've seen it before. Last year, yeah, they lost seven in a row. But when it matters, at the end of the year, they, they win. They get that seven seven wins this start of this year to get themselves in the position that we're in now. They're yeah. still, you know, three wins clear of fourth place. Yeah. So they set themselves up for the end of the year. I never get worried as far as what happens during the season. I'm just always hoping that we're healthy come finals time because yeah. they've shown it time and time again. That if they get in the final four, especially, they're pretty much going to be going to the grand final. Yeah, exactly. But uh, they, they set the, the tone. Goal. Yeah, that's it. And they set the tone early in this one. Uh, Cooper Cronk kicks that forty twenty early. They shift it to Widop, who hits Blair, who I think's really solved a defensive problem they were having there with O'Neill there in the year. He's probably better off on that wing, just using his uh, his speed and helping out a dummy half. But uh, Michael Gordon had an error straight after that one. Then we drop Hoffman back on a dirty line, make it twelve zip. Another error from a kick. Proctor, you know, takes the benefits of that one. 18-0. It just kept happening. Then Kronk hit a defender in the line, picked up the deflection, threw a beautiful one-handed scoop pass off the ground to the caveman Tohu Harris, who uh, looks super happy. He's off the nudie run, so 24 zip. It just kept coming, though. Like, I thought after that one they might slow down just before half time, but they managed to let Widop slide in and it was 28-0 it was just yeah, an absolute savage and relentless first half and uh, you know whether they come off the kick deflections or the drop balls you, if you watch the game the metres the pressure the early shifts they just asked a million questions of Cronulla and Cronulla just folded really early yeah oh, it's, I don't know what to say about Cronulla it's uh, I, I sort of think that's where they're at I've carved up their centres in our, in our fast five mm. but uh, I just don't see them as a top eight side I, really I think they're know. a top eight they side. Went on, they went on that run, uh, obviously, and and won some games. But there was a few of those that they could have easily lost. I and it, well, they they may well fall into the eight. But if they do, I, you know, I think this is sort they're of not where they're at. The this is where they're at in terms of their yeah their. Year. It's the same as last year. They're a long if, way off. If the they top slide in, they get knocked out first yeah, week or exactly. second week. That's pretty much how it is. But yeah. uh, second half, obviously, Melbourne kind of put the cue on the rack. They pulled Cronk. After about 20 minutes, as you'd expect, uh, Billy Slater stayed on. Smith obviously stayed on because it was his 250th. But 
Uh, but the two opportunities they did get, again, uh, they were just clinical and it was really nice to see. There was an error from a kick and then we were on the shift as usual. Woodop sums it up, puts a nice little kick in, O'Neill crashes over. And then off the ensuing kickoff, they let Bobby Blair go straight through a hole off Woodop and feed Billy the ball, uh, you know, pretty much an 80-metre play. 38 zip. Was really hoping, and I bet Craig Bellamy was for a duck egg, 38 nil. But late in the piece, they had a bit of a line break there, and Luke Lewis threw a nice pass to Bo Ryan. 38-6, just, uh, you know, a bit of a destruction job by Melbourne. But in the end, I think the Sharks were due for something like that. They looked a little bit flat. Thought Fafita was really, really good in a beaten side. He ran for 150 metres, and Luke Lewis obviously tried really, really hard as well to put his stamp on the game. But errors, dropped ball, and they kicked out in the full, I think, two or three times in this game. So they did themselves absolutely no favours. No, they didn't. Exactly. Um, uh, I'm going to have a moment of Cameron Smith madness here. 250 games. Do you think he's going to be an immortal? Oh, he's an immortal already. Uh, Ridiculous. He has the highest win percentage of any player, 71%. As a captain, since he's become the captain, I think it's been about four years now, 73% win percentage. He's won every one of his milestone games. He's 50th, 100th, 150th, 200th. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. He's won seven Origin Series, obviously. Uh, a grand final, a Dally M. I think the only things left are if he wins the World Cup at the end of this year yeah. and if he could win a Clive Churchill if they get another grand final. But he's made every single finals campaign since he played for Melbourne, bar the year they were stripped of their points as well. This bloke just knows how to win. I know a lot of the time people watch and don't see what he's doing and go, oh, I don't think he's that good. But if you're a real football brain or you've got a football in eye, you'd realise that this bloke's pretty much a genius. Oh, he is. Absolute footballing genius. All, all, three of that, all three of the big three will be immortals, I'd say. Mm. I can't really put my finger on any exact player. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. For Melbourne, there was all, all the Origin boys are really, really good. Hoffman had a cracker. Like I said, Blair in the centers, the Fords. Uh, Sharks, it was a hard night. But uh, at the same time, I, I think, you know, they're going to win games. They'll probably scrape into the eight, but... Pretty much what we said before. If they're going to get in there, it's going to be similar to usual. They don't have the firepower, I think, to win a comp, but maybe a, a bottom bottom of the eight kind of side that'll last a week or two. Yeah. But uh, next week, Sharks have got Para at home, so I think it's a pretty good bounce back game to get after a bit of a shellacking for Melbourne. Paul Gowan's back from his suspension, so you think they get the job done against Para, wouldn't you? Oh, you would, yeah, exactly. And, uh, Melbourne home game against Newcastle, who are a bit vulnerable at the moment. I'm really hoping because we don't usually win during the Origin period that we make it. Uh, two wins before we have to head back and Origin can't lose our players again. So hopefully they're as relentless as they were this week to Wayne Bennett's Newcastle side and pose a few more problems to Tinky Boy and old uh, yeah. Tinseltown. But last game of the round, the Canberra Raiders at home in the shivering cold celebrating their 100-year anniversary. The ACT uh, against the Broncos, they won 30-18. to 18. Uh, I think their scoreline doesn't really reflect the dominance in the game. To be honest, they kind of got the, the shellacking in the second half 6-1 in the penalty count which when you get that you'd be expecting to put some points up on the board but uh, even with all their origin players picked the Brisbane Broncos couldn't help yeah 
No. The, uh, the Broncos are, you know, they just look flat. They look similar to, you know, what Newcastle do, I think. They're out of ideas, uh, lack of fluency in the halves. Their forward pack looks tired. Uh, I didn't think the Raiders were that great in this game, but um, they they got enough uh, enough points on the board and were able to you know create enough offense to uh, to win the game. Well, you want to put it down to something. Nine three, they got pumped in the penalty count. Six one in the second half. Uh, but this is what helps when you have a lopsided penalty count. Twenty eight sets completed to thirty two. So they only you know messed up four times. Yeah. The Raiders are a side with the potency they have all over the field, especially with their young players and that back line and. Milford off the bench, if they complete, which they've said themselves, if they complete over 80%, they win every game. They're similar to the Warriors. Mm, Just they big, really are. potent, offloads, uh, and totally agree with that. Um, but just it was just, uh, I don't know what, what's wrong with the Broncos. I, there were times there they, they scored the try, even at the end of the game there, Gillette scored the try, and you thought, oh, here we go, they're going to make a game of this. And um, they just find a way to... Well, to go sideways in attack. Here's an assessment for you. I know they're lacking probably in the halves, but to me it kind of looks almost like a park game where they're trying to make a rep side or trying to get picked for a team almost. They all kind of do their own thing. Yeah, like exactly. Gillette kind of does his own thing. I know Hodges does, but, you know, who could blame him for trying to take control? Everyone seems to be kind of off on their own little tangent at different points, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, they're, it's not, they're definitely not a cohesive side. It's very sure. disjointed. Thido's uh, not a front rower. No. They need to get a big boy up there to help out Hannon and Maguire, who Maguire's definitely lost his spark this year. Yeah. But, yeah, the halves, another front rower. And Andrew McCulloch, please, leave him on for 80 minutes. Stop giving sympathy time to Ben Hunt and forcing yourself to have somebody on the bench. I don't understand why, yeah, exactly, why they even have a utility on the bench. It's, it just seems weird. If they need to reshuffle, they've got Norman, who can push into six if they lose a half. They can put one of the halves in a nine. You can put Josh off and back to fullback. Problem solved. Yep. Stop carrying Ben Hunt if he's not playing at the halves and stop giving him sympathy minutes in hooker. Well, drop, if you're going to do that, drop one of your halves and then start Ben Hunt. Yeah, well, they need to do something because yeah. he's, he's blunting one of their better weapons in McCulloch and even him, he's starting to look now a bit disinterested himself. Well, he I mean, started the year off very well, but I think even he's kind of feeling uh, the effects, you know, of constantly being put on the bench for almost a half an hour spell. Yeah, and you can you can understand that from his point of view for sure. Well, he's an eighty minute player, yeah. and he's you know, uh, to Cameron Smith right now, I know there's Matt Ballon, but realistically, he's the heir to the number nine for the Queensland side. Well, definitely. So I don't understand what Griffin's thinking, but uh, it all kicked off early. Young Ferguson, who's flying at the moment, literally was flying. Beautiful pass after taking a bomb. McCrone goes over. Uh, you know, Gillette rushes up straight off that ensuing kickoff. Campese slides through, gives one to Thompson. It's 12 zip in no time. Uh, Robinson, this this was the highlight of the game for me. They kick to the open side, which is something you never do. We, uh, you know, if anyone who doesn't understand that, that's kicking to the, the side where you don't have all your defenders. Robinson risks his arm, gives the ball to Edric Lee on that open side. He runs about 50 metres and feeds it to Jared Croker. They score a beautiful long-distance try. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 18 zip in no time. And then last tackle, it, it seemed to be a feature of this round with Nofaluma and others scoring on the fifth. Robinson goes to the short side again, feeds Lee, 24 zip. They can see late from Prince, 24-6 at half time. But at that point, yeah, I had no confidence that Brisbane were going to come back out and put any dent on this game. Yeah, uh, I was obviously wrong. They did come out and Gillette got one back in the air and made it 30-12 to and Hodges almost created one straight after. He offloaded to Hoffman, who got pulled down just short of the line. Canberra very desperate in defence. And later on, obviously, the big boy, Dodds, crashes over. 24-18, uh, but Edwards scored not long before that. 
So 30 to 18 at that point in time, five to go. Uh, they had it in the bag. Yeah. Canberra kind of slipped up in the second half, which is, you know, not uncommon for them. They're not exactly the greatest 80-minute team, but you see there again, as we said, when they complete and the players they've got, uh, you know, they're a force to be reckoned with if they could be more consistent. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, the Raiders is just being consistent, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for Brisbane, uh, I don't know where they go to from there. It's, uh, as you say, they've got to get more solidarity in the halves. They've got to punt the utility off the bench. Well, I don't um, care that he wants to play Gillette and Glenn and Parker. Thido has to go back to the back row. Yeah. Hennett Maguire have to play f- props. And I'd say just bring Gillette on again like he used to. Let, yeah. him, let him run wide. Make him bite at the bit to get back on the field. Yeah. Uh, you know, and even if you've got to play him tight, make him more responsible because he seems pretty content only to get the ball when he's on that edge. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and as far as Harbs are concerned, people keep asking who they're going to buy. There's no one really available, but if they're looking at their future, Sean Johnson's off next year, Tyron Roberts, the young Newcastle half's off, and Luke Keary. If there's three young halfbacks, if I'm looking to buy someone to build into that side, if you're going to let Norman go and Prince or Wallace is going to be moving on, one of those three uh, who I'd be looking at. If I was going to be born a young half, not an yep. established one, but something needs to change. Agree. That's for sure. Uh, Justin Hodges, probably the only one I can highlight out of that game for them. Six offloads and 180 metres. He was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, on the, the Canberra side of things, Cam Pesey's obviously get back to his best, and that's a dangerous sign for anyone. Mm. Josh Papali, uh, he got charged for a spear tackle, got cleared today. Yep. No problems. And Cam Pesey has a clean record. He was also off today. He's got 50 carryover points, though. So yep. no problems going forward there. They're going to be playing the Panthers at home next week. I think that's another W coming up. And Brisbane have to bounce back at home against the Tigers. Yeah, they do. That's uh, getting really close to um, you know their grand final, Brisbane. Yeah, um, it's about that time. It's a must-win game for them, um, you know, especially during this origin period. So, well, they're one of those home. ones that we know after watching that Warriors game. Unlike a, a Melbourne or somebody who's put themselves in a position to not have to worry during this period, yeah, it's make or break. They had to play their origin players just to try and get that win. Uh, they didn't, and I think things are only going to get worse. I don't see them being in the eight this year. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you can almost put a pen through them. Unfortunately yep. for Broncos fans, but. Agreed. Uh, think it's time for a shake-up in their management, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, that wraps up all the reviews for this round, so we'll get on to our Degenerate Gamblers section, brought to you by Cenobet.com. Having trouble keeping track of all the play movements and signings in the NRL? Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they gained, and who they've lost for the next season? Well, check out www.zerotackle.com for all the latest news and rumours on the NRL. Zerotackle.com. Alrighty, now it's time for our Degenerate Gambler section brought to you by Cenobet.com. Get onto the App Store and get the Cenobet app and fire up on your mobile. Uh, Brock, you got the odds there from Cenobet? Alrighty, Cenobet markets for this week. Uh, starting on Friday night, the Dragons, $1.57, North Queensland Cowboys, two forty. The line is at 4.5 to the Cowboys. What are we thinking? Uh, Jonathan Thurston's back in. I think this is a real make or break for them. So if, the, if there ever was a week where they're the underdog that I'd be backing them, it'd be this week. Uh, but now with the James Tarmour situation popping up, I'd have to think that the Dragons would get the win here. Really? Uh, I I don't know. It's, it's a tough one for me. I, I quite like the uh, Cowboys with the start um, at $1.90, but... I can't say I'd be betting um, either way with, with much confidence, that's for sure. Uh, the second Friday night game is uh, the Manly Seagulls at home at Brookie against the Canterbury Bulldogs. Manly $1.65, the Canterbury Bulldogs $2.25 outsiders. The line 
is three and a half to the dogs. I wouldn't be touching the line, but this is another one. I think you get a bit of value each way here, but uh, I'm leaning towards the Bulldogs. I know they've been a bit up and down, a bit bumpy, but they've pretty much got their full complement. And uh, if they're going to make a statement, especially against Dez's old club, this is the time to make it seven from eight and get over Manly. Definitely. Uh, Saturday, first game on Saturday, the Canberra Raiders, they take on the Penrith Panthers down at Canberra Stadium. Huge favourites here, the Raiders, $1.26. The Penrith Panthers, $3.90. The line is 10.5 to the Panthers. Mm. Well, I like the 10.5 to Penrith. I do, mm. uh, especially if Moylan gets put back in. Yep. Uh, but, you know, it kind of depends on that. I still think they're, they're going to miss Grant now without McKendry as well. That showed last week. So I think the twenty is a bit over the top as far as the Raiders are concerned. I wouldn't be betting on it, but yeah. I, I do think they'll win. Okay. The uh, second Saturday game, the Cronulla Sharks, $1.18. The Parramatta Reels, $4.85 outsiders. The line is 13.5 to Parramatta. Wow. It's... That's a massive line to Parramatta. Well, Paul Gallon's back, and they got embarrassed last week, so you'd have to be thinking that Cronulla are literally thinking feeding time here. Yeah, but I mean, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't overly disappointed with the the performance of no against the Roosters. Uh, of the Eels. But the um, question is, will they still have the same passion this week as they did after well, being fresh? Josh won't play. Yeah, and uh, you know, Randy Matua still haven't heard too much about that situation. Ricky Stewart was going to have a chat to him this week to see what was going on. Yeah, but uh, I'd, be, I'd be thinking that's one I wouldn't be trying to bet on. No, they're, they're all a bit dicey this week. Uh, the first Sunday game, Souths and the Gold Coast. Um, this is at Cairns, actually. Souths are taking the game up there. A dollar thirty-four. The Bunnies. The Gold Coast three twenty-five outsiders with an eight and a half start. No, no offense to your mob, but I wouldn't be betting on them against Souths. They've still been in good form. They show that they could win. Without their origin players, uh, obviously they've got a fairly loaded side and there's a couple of Queensland boys in that one. I think that'll be stinging to try and get a win. Yeah, I, for me it's a game that I, w- I probably wouldn't touch. Eight and a half is tempting. Uh, we've, we don't have a bad record against South, actually. Yeah, they're usually um, uh, quite amped games, actually, but um, we'll see what pans out in that one. Uh, the other Sunday afternoon game, Melbourne Storm at home, Newcastle Knights uh, coming down to pay them a visit. A dollar twenty the storm, four fifty the knights. The line is twelve and a half to Newcastle. Wow, four fifty is a fair bit for Newcastle. Uh, they generally said to be a team in the past that have almost beaten us. They haven't got the job done, but uh, they've definitely tested our edges. But uh, the form they're in at the moment and coming off that win, I'm pretty sure the Origin boys will get plenty of rest this week. And uh, I'd like to think that Melbourne can get the job done again and get two wins under their belt before they head back in Origin. For sure. Uh, the Sunday night football that returns. Uh, well, obviously we had it last week, but um, it sticks around again this week, which is excellent for the footy fiends. Uh, the Roosters, $1.30 at Allianz Stadium. The Warriors, $3.55 outsiders, and the line is 9.5 to the Warriors. Well, I do think the Roosters will win. I think they'll, they'll try and bounce back to a bit of form, but as I've said before, without those two front rowers and uh, the Warriors finally doing what they should be doing, especially in their forwards, if there's a bet of the round I'd be wanting to have here, it'd probably be on the Warriors at 3.55. Okay, head-to-head. Yeah, I'd like the Warriors straight. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I, Warriors don't traditionally travel well, um, but, you know, they are in a hot patch. And, and when the Warriors do get on a, on a hot streak, they usually, uh, you know, string a big uh, a big streak together. So it be interesting to see what pans out in that game. Uh, the final game, Monday Night Football, the Brisbane Broncos back home, $1.30. The West Tigers, three fifty-five, even after winning two on the trot. And the line is 9.5 to the Tigers. Well, I think that's pretty short for Brisbane, to be honest, considering the form that they've been in. Uh, I think they have to win this game. 
like we've said, I've pretty much put the pen through them as far as the eight's concerned. They're, they're going to struggle too much without their origin players in the coming weeks, but yeah. they need to win this game. They have to win this game. But I, I like West. They're going to get a couple of players about this week too. Yeah. At 355, it's a bit like the Warriors. I think if you're going to have a dabble this round, it'll be one of those two games. Cool. That wraps that up. But uh, if you want to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, get on to Centrebet and fire up. Download the Centrebet app from the App Store, as we've said before. Or you can visit the website, www.centrebet.com, or call on 1800 013 627. Centrebet, fire up. And uh, we've got those two free one hurdle of bets to give away. Obviously, one will be given away with our fan forum. And we'll probably put the other one up with a Friday night or a Monday night margin on a game. And uh, just an update on the charity bet. It obviously went down in flames this week. We got the Roosters part of it, but the Sharkies let us down. Mm. We took the 12 and a half start, rolled into it, and they got absolutely clubbered. But as far as this week's charity bet is concerned, we're going to put uh, the $100 brought to you by Centibet on the North Queensland Cowboys at $2.40, I think it is, uh, at home against the Dragons there. It's a must-win game. Jonathan Thurston's back. Obviously, we're not sure about the timeout situation, but uh, if they're going to make a run at the final, especially a team being involved with Origin and having the roster that they do, this is make or break. They have to win this week. So we're going to chuck that 100 on to the Cowboys. But uh, that wraps us up for the Degenerate Gambler section, brought to you by Centibet.com. Now we'll move on to the Fan Forum. If you want to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, get on to Centibet and fire up. Download the Centibet app and get into the centre of the action. Or get on to www.centibet.com and register now. Or call 1-800-013-627 for all your inquiries. Centibet, fire up. Alrighty, fan forums back this week. So what's in the pipeline, bro? Alright, we've got one on Twitter from Timmy Witt. He said, how sick can one feel when you uh, see Moylan is still unavailable for the Panthers, but yet Naguama and Serraldo are getting a run? Yeah, well, if you're a Panthers fan, the way they've been going, you're obviously uh, very dirty on the weekend when you find out that Moylan got pushed out because of the second-tier cap pressure. And Wes Naguama today said, uh, come out and said he feels like he, he deserves his spot and he's not too disappointed with the situation. Uh, even though he hopes it gets solved, he thinks he's done enough to hold his spot. Well, I'm sorry, Wes, uh, you know, you're not a bad player, but they lost the moment you come in and they were winning when Matt Moylan was there. So as soon as it's all lined out, I think he's straight back in. Uh, Serraldo, that's on the back of Tim Grant breaking his hand, so I don't really think they can help that. Nah, Serraldo's just a depth thing, but the uh, the Moylan ones was hard for Penrith, especially with how late in the week he got withdrawn. Mm. Um, obviously, they named the well, side. Well, he helps the halves out big yeah, time. they would have prepped for most of the week for him to play. And, uh, for Naguama to come in late. You don't even know if Naguama was actually hundred back to 100% fitness. He might have... Oh, he's been played. playing in New South for a few weeks. But okay. on the top of that, you know, you've got Moylan, who's a former 5'8", who's slotted in and really opened up as you need these days with your fullback being a ball player. They missed him big time. Alrighty, Jay Malikna on Facebook has asked us um, about pre-game entertainment. Who's responsible for it um, in, in the NRL? Uh, after, Especially after Tim Amatic was put on for you mean Wendell? Uh, State of Origin. I thought it was Seal. Yeah, um, Yeah, and, and he's got a fair point. I mean, there, there's he does. a history of NRL's and, origins. And last year we had, had Seal. Like NRL Grand Finals origins. Um, well, I, I don't know. Billy Just B-rate, yeah. B-rate entertainment. <laughs> uh, last year I think we had the script, which was which was all right for no, the Grand no, Final. It wasn't, it wasn't. 
They dogged it. Who else did they have last year? They had good Charlotte. You know, you know, another one that was good, and I think most people backed me up, was it Jebediah the other year? No. They had Jebediah for one of them. They were rocking out. No, that was pretty no, good. No, no, but as far no. as Tim Maddox concerned, and then last year, I remember they had Seal. And I remember a guy sitting in front of me going, what's Wendell doing? Like, he, he literally thought Wendell Sale was performing. <laughs> was a we had Seal out there going, oh, you're yeah, going to survive. Oh, oh, get a little bit crazy. Like, what are, we, what are you listening to that before? Origin. Yeah. Get the dirtiest grunge band you can find. Well, I remember all the Queenslanders and New South Wales were playing schooners yeah. and try and encourage a bit of brew. Well, I went up to Origin 3. I've been up at Origin 3 for the last two years. Uh, last year, I think it was uh, Pete Murray was doing the pregame wow. entertainment. Acoustic um, guitar and trying to, yeah, pop, trying like, to chill it all out. He made me want to fall asleep, uh, not want to punch a Queenslander. Um, <laughs> uh, I think they've, I got, they've got to address that. They need to get a, a lineup of young, aggressive bands. I yeah, think. especially Jay, like Jay said here, that um, you know we've now reportedly got all this money. So it's about time yeah, that they Chase. started to... Um, I think Deliver a little bit. The only big problem for us, no offence to Australian music, but it's not the greatest in the world. and no. it, it costs a fair bit of coin to, to dig out somebody from America or the UK. Uh, the good Charlotte thing at the grand final, I didn't mind. They, they, they played a few oldies that weren't yeah. too bad, but you know that, that, that was more a benefit of ours that he's over here for The Voice. So, mm. uh, yeah. Alrighty, Michael Davey, who do, you th- who do you believe would be good at fullback for Queensland in Origin 2, either Greg Inglis or Billy Slater? Well, I said it before, and it's you know I sound biased again, but if you have a bloke when he goes to the centre, he's pretty much classified the best centre in the world. Yeah. Well, you know what happens when you put him at fullback? What happens to Billy Slater? They say put him in a wing, but then you've just wasted him, mm. and they don't have a centre to come in that's going to give you the quality that you're going to get of having English there. So I stick by what I've said before. But what they need to do is incorporate. English into their game plan. Put both of them back there for kick returns. Yeah, well, I said that. I, I would have. Uh, I would have had both fullbacks back. Leave your wingers up. Um, he should there's, have been there's certain the ways to do it, and in Origin, it's an unorthodox game, so you can sort of implement unorthodox uh, tactics. Well, it's pretty probably. easy. You tell one of the wingers not to go back. Yeah. You want Gi. You want Billy. On top of that, it took him to the last ten minutes to decide to go hover around the ruck. He should have been doing that all game. Mm. They should want both of them pushing. Around. Imagine having to deal with both of them. Why they're running a play out. You wouldn't be able to take your eyes off them. Well, it should just be your short side winger stays up. Mm. Uh, obviously, you then drop Inglis back um, and then have your, obviously your fullback back and then the other winger can sort of just sweep around if needed. And I stick by what I said last time. Greg Inglis, when you're playing centre, which you have were for a long time prior to getting you going at fullback, take a page out of Justin Hodges' book, roll up your sleeves and go help out because he did plenty of the dirty work in game one and almost won them. Mm. the game, Justin Hodges. And if Greg Inglis got on the back of some of those dummy half runs that Justin Hodges dished out, yeah. Jesus Christ, we would have been in shambles. Yeah. But he just chose to sit on his edge, like, you know, yeah. get involved. All right, Jason, you say, uh, why is it that Ben Barber has to look for a new club to make way for Israel Folau? Yeah, well, that's what the, the mail is at the moment. Obviously, you haven't heard anything solid in the media from the Bulldogs, but supposedly... Israel Folau will go for somewhere up around 750, and if they do sign him, it will be at the expense of Ben Barber, which you could imagine 750. You're mm. going to have to pay a fair bit of coin to keep somebody like Barber. But who would you uh, rather? I'd rather Barber for what, they, what they've been doing, for how he links up with those front rowers. I don't think they need Folau. Yeah, who's their, who's in their fullback stocks to come up? Mm. No, they've got a young bloke. 
that was playing, uh, Patrick Templeman. He's not bad, but he's not first grade material. Mm. And there was a young bloke last year, I think it was Callum or something, I can't think of his name at the moment, who started off on fire and then they pushed him out of the way for Templeman, but neither of them were Ben Barber quality. For the game plan and the structure they've got in those front rowers, you take Ben Barber out there, back to square one again. Yeah. And Israel right. Folau, 750000 I'd rather keep Lafay and Inu on the cheaper money and have Barber and have a, a, a solid back line, yeah. not put on my alliance on one bloke who's on one edge. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I find it strange. Uh, the rumours are that he's, he's talking to the Titans and... Also well, the Broncos. They've got a million dollars cleared for spending up there, and his brother Marmon's uh, there. So the Barber, yeah, Marmon Barber's at the Titans. So if they want to reunite mm. and uh, hit the, the Gold Coast Strip and get on it, well then you know, dearie me, might be the place to go. All right, Justin Todd. He asks, with the Panthers being forced to drop two players due to second tier cap restrictions, is it time for the NRL to change their rules and allow teams suffering with injuries to bring through local talent? Well, there's only been a 5% increase on the second-tier cap since 2005. And if I'm correct, I think the salary cap wasn't even $4 million in 2005. So if you're going to adjust to the times right now, there should be a hell of a lot of space in the second-tier cap to adjust for the contract. The minimum wage being a lot more, and the second-tier contracts now being a lot more. Well, I don't understand why they have second-tier contracts. Why can't they just sign... You understand that. Why can't they just have then a buffer on the end of your contract for you know, a, a certain amount of players. And then as you get injuries, the more buffer you get. Because, well, I mean, for some, for example, Lachlan Coote, he'd be chewing up 400000 He would be. He but goes out. You're boom, talking you, like an NFL back. system, yeah. where they get IR'd yeah. or they put them on an injury report yeah. list and they get put out of the way. Yeah. And the league goes, okay, you've lost him for the year. We understand. We'll allow you Hey, this much money or whatever. You still have to pay him, but yeah. this much money is free in your cap because right. he's indispensable for us this yeah. year. That's the way to go, I think. We're both on that. I don't know about everyone out there if you're into the American sports like we are, but they have an IR list. If you are ruled out for the year, you can put someone on that list and bring someone to replace. Obviously, it's they've got a lot more it's money, but it's, it's not rocket science. If someone's chewing up 400000 yeah, and you bring in a kid who's on a second-tier contract worth 20, 30 grand, and you need to pay him probably, five, I think it's five a week once they make their NRL debut in mm. the contract if you're not a top squad player. So if he ends up playing 20 games, you know, that's that's $120,000. They need to make room for it somehow. So they should subsidise it through an injury report, list, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, the last question and our winning question from Sandy Hunter. Will there be ramifications for Queensland if they start a fighting game two of State of Origin? There shouldn't be. Um, or will it simply be accepted as payback? Well, this has been this has been the hot topic. People yeah. are saying it's you know bad for the kids, or they got to think about the children. But I'm telling you, when Paul Gallen cocked his hands and he was on the field, he wasn't thinking about the children. Mm. Every time a football player runs or eye gouges someone or hits someone, they're not thinking about their children. If we're worried about that, we wouldn't be playing a game like rugby league. Turn it off. If you exactly. Like it, turn, turn it off. Like it, turn it off. Um, and I thought Paul Gallen made a fair point that uh, he said you know they've they've suspended him, and I do agree uh, that he probably shouldn't have been suspended or. Uh, not so much that he shouldn't have been suspended, but Paul Gallen's point was that they use that to market all the games, all the Origin games, the fighting and, and the uh, the rough stuff. Um, so why now uh, are we now sort of trying to put the red pen through it when they're they're obviously going to use that as a marketing ploy heading into game two? Mm. Um, Paul Gallen said he's going to he's going to seek some legal advice to yeah. make sure that the NRL can't, can't use that it. as as marketing. But I find that. You know that's going to be difficult for him to obviously obtain. He's playing in an NRL um, um, stage I'm, game. I'm just going to sound like every other player that sits on a panel and being a former player, they've all said they loved it. Yeah. And and I agree with what Nathan Highmarsh and Gordon Teller said last night. If you're a parent at home 
stop pointing the finger on the bloke on the TV. He's just doing his job. I know the fighting's not part of it, but he's not thinking about the kids. And you don't, you don't understand the kind of heat you get in those kind of moments or what happens when you get onto a football field. Your job as a parent is to guide them away from it, much like Nathan Highmarsh said, much like Gordon Tallis said, where they tell their kids right there and then that that's unacceptable. Yeah. If you do that on the field, you won't be playing football. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. There's a difference between a football and going to school. And I'm sick of people using these references and saying, oh, it goes all the way through life. I'm sure They're not role models. things do into interlock, but you can't just blame someone for playing football who's going to walk down the street and all of a sudden going to hit someone. It's the same he didn't eye gouge you or twist someone's leg or do something. That happened in the football. Things boil over and they heat up, and it's a big game. You well, don't walk down the street. Crock up as well. He's made a crock up. Yeah, um, but when you walk down the street, someone doesn't grab your leg or leave with their head randomly went to the ATM and just headbutt you. Yeah. So you can't relate it, you know. And if no, you're if a you're game. a parent, it's a physical game. Stop pointing the finger when you're watching it. Same as our parents did when we were growing up, and you see things like that. Yeah. You guide them in the right direction. Well, I mean, wrapping up the question, obviously, I think. We both agree that it will be labelled as payback. That's set the standard now yeah. for the rest of the series. It's going to happen. Um, and our, our only uh, comment to make on it in the review podcast that we did last week was that as long as when Paul Gallen cops it up cops there in game man. two, he takes it on the chin with as much class and uh, dignity as what Nate Miles has, has done. Nate Miles has been fantastic. He has been, yeah. Well, I was very surprised at the way it was handled. He's, He's probably the first, first Queenslander I've liked during Origin in a very long time. <laughs> well, good on him. It was yeah. really good. But obviously, congratulations, Sandy Hunter. That's uh, the winning question. So you get the $100 free bet from Centibet, our first one of the week. Uh, the other one, like I said, we'll either have a question or we might do a we'll Friday. Up on a Friday night game. Yeah, probably do a Friday night margin. First person uh, who's posted and closest to the correct score will win the other free $100 bet. Yep. So that wraps up the fan forum. We'll get into Mr. Gossip. It's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. A bloke with more aliases than Superman, Batman, and any other bloody superhero I can think of combined, Mr. Gossip. Ah, very nice gentleman. How are we? Good, buddy. What's going on? Oh, not much, mate. It's usually it's pretty quiet this time of year around the origin period, but... We've got a few things to talk about tonight. Beautiful. Let's rip in. All right, we've got Josh Dugan, guys, uh, currently playing pretty well and uh, earmarked for an origin berth. Now, look, there were some some uh, rumours going around that all of a sudden his manager had signed a contract with the Dragons, obviously for this year, which is, which is true, but apparently it was also for an option for further two years. I can tell you that's incorrect. It was only for this year, um, so he basically is on the open market, but... Having said that, uh, Sutton has um, has stated that he, that the Dragons will get the first bite of the cherry. Yeah, and out of a sign of respect, you'd think you would do that after they threw in the lifeline. So good to hear that. That's for sure. He's, he's playing well, but you ask any Raiders fan, and he only plays good usually every second week and every third week he's injured. But you know, he's had two good games for the Dragons, and like I said, he's earmarked for Origin. I don't know, boys. Would you put him in for fullback for the Blues? Oh, probably on form. You'd have to. Uh, Brett Stewart's out. Uh, Michael Gordon's out. If Haynes out, uh, it leaves probably just him and Minicello, I guess. Um, so yeah, I'd, prob- I'd probably go with Dugan just on what the available options are. Um, to your first point, I'd I'd be shocked if uh, if he left the Dragons. He, he looks fairly comfortable there. He looks like he's enjoying his footy. Um, the Dragons fans are always uh, hard judges. That's for sure. Yeah, I yeah, think it's. Definitely. I think it was a good move. 
to go there. I know you've seen his old man. You've never seen him at Canberra before. He was loving it on his debut game. He's a massive, massive fan and probably breaking up with uh, Blake Ferguson was the best thing that could happen. Yeah. Sometimes you find somebody uh, in a football team and all, although you're yin and yang and you're tight as, it, it can lead to uh, some pretty dire straits. So I think that's the best thing that's happened to him heading down there. Yeah, I think he'd better disown him if he left the Dragons. Yeah, he probably would now. He would now. He was yeah. very, very happy sitting there in his old school jersey when he debuted, that's for sure. That <laughs> was good to see. Look, still on the Dragons, Jamie Sauer. Now, he's on the nose. We know that he played for the Cutters last weekend. I, I didn't think he played too bad. He kicked the 40 20, set up two tries, but yeah, he, he didn't chase his kicks and his defence was pretty poor. Look, it looks like his, his manager shopped him around to the UK Super League. They did approach the Panthers, but. Apparently, Gus has only got 200k left in his salary cap for this year, and it wasn't enough. And Gus had only taken if he was a gift from the Dragons, and obviously the Dragons wanted a bit of cash. So, look, it'll be interesting where he ends up. Uh, I think he's played his last game for the Dragons. Uh, to be honest, if I'm a Super League club, I wouldn't even pick him up at this point in time. No. That's yeah. yeah, it's a difficult situation. I mean, what have you got to gain if you're a club that's going to pick him up? You're going to pick him up for, uh, you know, Super League's probably halfway through. They've got about 15 rounds to go. We've got about the same. Um, yeah, it's 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 a difficult one. Unless you had a, a key player go down injured in the halves um, and you could pick him up at the right price and you had that room left in your cap and he could give you, uh, give you something. But I don't think there's many clubs around that are going to suit him. Well, that way. The only one I can think of is a couple of weeks ago we were talking about Luke Walsh looking for that immediate release, but even if I'm St. Helens, I'm not looking to Jamie Soward if I'm looking for a half right now. Mm. That's yeah, no, it would seem like a little bit of a waste of time for Soward. Like he, he's going to travel all the way over there and have to travel all the way back. Um, yeah, it just seems a bit strange. If I was Jamie, I'd just stick it out. Um, and, you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, you know, there could be an injury to um, someone in the dragon side. Uh, or he could come back into favour. Who knows? Yeah, I'd say Ivan Cleary as well, the Panthers. He'd, he'd want Sauer to have a full off-season before he starts playing with Penrith, so he can get his combinations up. I think just throwing him into a new NRL club is not going to do his confidence any good, and uh, he just won't go, I, I think. I think a lot of it comes down to where Penrith are sitting as well. Like they're not sitting very high up the table. So, uh, Sorry, they, they are sitting at a, at a decent spot on the table. If they were sitting down the bottom... Maybe a different story, you know. They may look to build for next year, but Penrith are a realistic chance of making the eight. So, as you say, it's important just to get the squad you've got and, and keep it cohesive. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Look, still on halves, guys. Jeff Robson from the Sharks. No frills player, but puts in every week. He's just signed um, a two-year deal with the Sharks, which, look, he should see out his career at Cronulla now. Yeah, well, they didn't really leave themselves with too much of a choice after that. Uh, Chad Townsend go, but at the same time, I think Jeff Robson, especially if they paid low amount of coin, you know, is a is a good signing. He's been very very solid since he moved over there from Parra. And uh, looking at it now, I'm still kind of surprised that Parra got rid of him. He was really good when he was there too. Yeah, he, he uh, fits into the shark system perfectly. You know, he's he's a tough player, good defensive player, kicks long, chases hard. Um, he fits their philosophy and their culture perfectly. So uh, it's good to see a player. Um, who and he'd probably be the first to admit that he's not of the greatest natural ability, but a, a hard-working player, um, have a have a decent career in the NRL, and uh, it's good to see the Sharks are showing a bit of faith in him. Yeah, I'll be interested to get your um, take on the next one, boys. Frank Paul Nuasala, he seems to be uh, on the wanted list by quite a few clubs. The Warriors are very keen. Eels, Sharks, and Dragons also having nibbles. 
what do you rate on him, boys? I'm just not surprised that the same four clubs seem to come up with signing any player. It looks like they're out of favour at a better club, but uh, I think that's probably more a lot of people looking at the fact that he's not really that old. I think he's about mid-20s, and on top of that, you, you, they look back to that grand final year. He was absolutely outstanding. I think a lot of people have been waiting for that to come back, and he's obviously out of favour at the moment. Maybe a change of senior will do him some good, but uh, Frank Paul, the wrecking ball that I knew a couple of years ago, it's definitely not the same now, but... Uh, if a move would rekindle it, uh, especially if it wasn't too much money, I'd think about it. Yeah, I think he'd fit in apparel, all right? They, they, uh, I think they're going to move Fui Fui on, uh, and they could do with a front row with a bit of punch. Um, but uh, I mean, you'd, you'd buy him um, in the hope that he that he produced the form he did in sort of 2010, 2011. That's for sure. We have another big fella that's uh, signed a three-year deal as uh, Keith Galloway from the West Tigers. Another three-year deal, also that might see him sort of play his career at the club as well. Mm. Three years, three years is a long time for for front rowers at that age. A bloke that's had that many injuries too. Yeah, he, mate, he's always makes me nervous. Similar to like the Titans, I know they signed Luke Bailey to a, a decent deal, and look at him now. You know, like he's he's sort of deteriorated a lot in the last two years, um, especially with front rowers. It seems like you can click a finger, uh, and, and they just look fatigued and slow. Remember um, Steve Price? He was absolutely motoring at an older age, and then he had that one problem. I think yeah. it was his Achilles or something, and that was the end of him. And even at 34, 35, he was. He was absolutely going on like a champion. But Nathan Kalis was similar as well. He, he really <coughs> slowed down in his last year. Um, yeah, well, Petro, great players, Petro just, slowed down exactly, too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It, they're all great players, but it just, yeah, it, it catches up with you quick. Yeah, look, the last one I got, boys, is Neil Henry. Now, there's so much gossip and rumours about Neil Henry. Look, from what I hear, boys, he is gone. He will not be coaching the Cowboys next year, and they're currently looking at coaches as we speak. Now, one that sort of took me a surprise is Mal Meninga, the Queensland coach, seems to be in the, the front running for that. Uh, what do you tell you that, boys? Uh, to be honest, I can't really judge too much off Mal coaching Queensland. He has... Michael Hagen and a bunch of other support staff around him. He seems to be more of a head figure or, you know, say a couple of sentences kind of bloke. He's not really uh, running the whole shebang. A bit like Laurie Daly, you know, that they've got a big support staff around him all doing smaller jobs. But coming back to clubland, I don't think he hasn't coached a, a club side since the early 2000s, but he's at Canberra, and I'm pretty sure he got moved on from that job. So mm. uh, a bit strange, but, you know, if, if that's the road they're going to take, well... Bloody hell, you, you may as well try somebody. He's untested. Because there's not too much on the market, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I couldn't go with him, mate, to be honest. I, I wouldn't, uh, but... As you say, it wouldn't surprise me, though, if, if Queensland get beaten this Origin Series that he sort of, um, you know, goes out. But it's a totally different proposition. I mean, Mal spends 12, uh, 12 months of the year preparing for three games um, and, a, you know, a nine-week period where if you're an NRL coach, you've got a, uh, you know, you've probably got a 40... 45, 46 week, um, you know, plan to put in place, you know, at least 28 games when you take into account the 24 NRL and four trials. Uh, it's a big job and um, it'd be important if they, if they were going to do it that they made sure that they have good support staff around him. Um, but again, you know, you're not going to know unless you give him a crack at it. Um, and if, as Louis said, if there's not ideal candidates out there, he might be the one that's a fit up there. But Mal, I think Mal's really good with Queensland because he can play on that passion that he that he had, and he's a he's a Queensland legend, similar to to, to Daly and and to uh, yeah, Ricky Stewart. That sort of stuff doesn't work um, in the week to week grind. So it'd just be whether he could adjust to that. Um, 
but who knows? You're not going to know unless you give him a crack. And that's where I kind of flip on the Bellamy thing. Him coaching New South Wales, uh, you know, White seemed like a good idea. He tried to take a structure in there for a three-game series with a bunch of players you don't know. Uh, didn't really fit that arena. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't suited to it, but come back to club land, that's the kind of bloke you want running your team. So I'm, I'm with Brock. I don't think Mal fits that. He's got a pretty good roster to work with too if he does get the gig. Yeah, well, a, that helps, mate. Yeah. And he's got Jonathan Thurston there uh, on a decent deal. It'd just be um, obviously fixing their nine situation and, and probably fullback. That's going to be an issue for them as well. I mean, look, if it was, it was me, I mean, I'd, I'd get Trent Barrett in there, but as you say, he's not a Queenslander, so. Again, Neil, yeah. Neither is Neil Henry, so that, I don't think that matters too much. I'm just I'm really shocked that they're going to punt Henry, um, but you know we've said that for for the last couple of weeks. It just seems like it's uh, they've made the decision now. So, uh, but if I was another another club looking for a coach, Neil Henry would be uh, right up near the top of the list for me. Yep, no, that's fair enough. Alrighty then, well that wraps that up. So let's have a look at our tips. Alrighty, a uh, bit of an update. Gossip, you've kicked away again. You got one up on us on the weekend with the, the Warriors winning bro. Um, uh, yeah, he's just pulls him out of his ass, this bloke. Um, <laughs> Friday night will kick us off. The St, uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons taking on the North Queensland Cowboys at Wynn Stadium. I'm going to go to the Cowboys. I think it's a must win game for them if they're going to uh, land in the top four. Well, I, I, said, eight, I said Cowboys earlier because it's a must win, but I'm going to tip St. George. Wow. At home, they like playing at home. Yeah, look, I'm going to tip the Dragons boys because Nugent's going to be in for a big one to impress the New South Wales selectors. Thurston's back, I'm hearing, so look, they'll, they'll be pumped for it. But yeah, they just don't travel away from home, the Cowboys. You might have to see how many schooners Jimmy Tarmouth had before he plays too. <laughs> hey, do you, do you think he should be punted from the Blues or what? Uh, I said a bit now news about it, what everyone else thinks. I don't really think it's something's going to get him kicked out. It's his first offence. Even the Cowboys seemed uh, pretty lenient on what was going to be happening. I th- you know, he might get stood down for a, a game this weekend or two, but, uh, you know, Dugan, there's plenty of other blokes that have had a couple of problems that only got stood down for a week or so, so I think he'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what pans out. I don't, I don't really know. Tim it'll... Grant's broke his hand too, so I don't think the Blues will be... Uh, trying to rush him on anytime soon. The only front row really available to him now, if they wanted to make a change, is Aaron Woods. Yeah, we could start for feeder and, and reshuffle a little bit, but um, that's a discussion probably for next week. Um, the other Friday night game, Manly versus the Bulldogs at Brookvale. Uh, this is a tough one, obviously. Desi returning to Brookvale. Uh, it's obviously the second time he's done that. Uh, I'm going to tip Manly. I just think they've, uh, they've lost two big games um, at Brookie recently, uh, they don't usually lose there a lot, uh, so I, I think they'll get the cash. Well, I said last week it was time to start taking some punts. I think Manly will win too, but I'm going to go the Bulldogs just because I'm I'm behind. I need to come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, the Bulldogs are winning, boys, but geez, they're not impressive. Um, yeah. And Manly, they've got a few injuries, but look, at Brookvale, they should be too good and coming off a loss too. You very rarely see Manly lose two in a row, so uh, I'll pick the Eagles at home. Alrighty, first Saturday game. The Raiders down in, which will be a chilly Canberra, taking on the Penrith Panthers. Uh, this is a tough one. Uh, Penrith obviously struggling with this second-tier salary cap situation. and uh, they, they fell away really bad at the back end of that game. The Raiders, the only concern for me would be backing up from uh, Monday, but they were uh, they were pretty impressive last night. I think they'll, they'll get the Panthers down there. Yeah, well, I said it before. Wes Naguama said he belongs in first grade. Let me tell you, champ, if they fix up the second tier cap, you'll be gone. <laughs> they missed 
Matt Moylan something fierce. That extra half that we all know you need at fullback, he delivers it. Uh, if he's in, I think they've got a chance, but I'm going the Raiders. They're at home. They're undefeated at home this year. Yeah, look, I think the Raiders by 13 plus, boys. I'll be having a little punch on them with Cinnabet. Yeah, like you said, where's Maguire? He's played like a busted ass against the Tigers, and, and Luke Wallace was arm grabbing and defence, and yeah, they just they didn't look good at all, the Panthers. So I think the Raiders will pump them. Mind you, Luke Walsh, he has won one game on, one game off, so he might be due for one. Well, uh, yeah, who knows? The other Saturday night game, the Sharks, they take on the Eels at Shark Park. Difficult one to line up the form here. I sort of made out last week that the Roosters were bad, not the Eels were good. Uh, you, you sort of look at the Melbourne Sharks game, you think Melbourne were, were good. You don't sort of know how to measure the Sharks. Gallon will come back in. Uh, I'll take it just on uh, the faith that at Shark Park, the Sharks will bounce back. Yeah, well, my mighty mean punching bag machine, good old Paulie Gallon, he's back. I think they'll be pumped up. They got embarrassed by the storm. Uh, they go home, that place is different. It's like it has a shell on it. Even you walk into Shark Park, they'll just go absolutely berserk. It's like going into prison, so... I'll back the Sharks to bloodbath eels. Yeah, look, I think the Sharks will be too strong for them. I think Parramatta, they played all right against the Roosters, but I think that was all on passion because a, yep. a heap of them were punted. And look, you can't play on, on passion and, and anger for too long. I think they'll get pumped, like you said. Yeah, the Sharkies love a yipping and yahoo when they go home to Shark Park. It's like uh, going in F block of a prison, so I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a hurting this weekend. Yeah. Um, the Rabbitohs, they take on the Titans up in Cairns on the uh, first uh, edition or first chapter of the Sunday. Um, again, difficult game. I, we always play well against the Rabbitohs, but I have to take the Rabbitohs based on, uh, you know, obviously they're standing in the competition. The Titans, they haven't, um, they haven't played too many sides up the top of the competition as yet, so it'll be a good measure to see where we're at, but I'll take the Rabbits. Yeah, I look at this one, I just hit the rabbits purely on form, same as I've done with the Storm the whole way, but uh, I'm telling you, I wasn't too far off tipping the Titans. I think uh, the Rabbitohs are due for a loss. Yeah, well, we're tipping the Titans, boys. Big fan of the Titans, uh, the way they're playing lately. Um, the Rabbitohs seem to be falling away a little bit. They're a bit patchy. You know, the Titans will get them. Alrighty, I hope you're right. Um, the Storm, they take on the Knights on Sunday afternoon footy. Uh, Storm, they just win the Knights. They're going like bustards, uh, especially heading into Origin. I think they'll be looking to, to string two good performances together, the, the Melbourne boys, and uh, they'll get the cash. Yeah, well, we don't usually win during this period. I said that earlier, but I was absolutely stoked on Sunday. I couldn't believe how well we played. So uh, going home again, Sunday to Sunday, uh, I'm happy to tip the Storm again, especially at home and the way the Knights are going. And, yeah, it's, it's nice to see us get a win during the origin period. Yeah, look, the Knights can only win at home. They couldn't even beat the Dragons. There's no way they're going to beat the Storm. The Storm will give them a, give them a rousing, I think. Mm. All right, Sunday night footy. The Roosters, they take on the Warriors. And this is, uh, I think this is going to be a cracker game Sunday night. Uh, the Roosters, I thought they didn't perform real well on Friday night, whether that was because they had, uh, you know, three or four origin boys backing up in key positions. Uh, the Warriors... Super impressive. We said it last week that we wanted to see them beat the Manly Seagulls to, to sort of prove that they were back. I'm going to tip the Roosters just purely because it's in Sydney uh, and I'm still not totally convinced on the Warriors, but a, a Warriors victory would not shock me. Yeah, well, I'm going to tip the Warriors once again, like I said earlier. I need to get back in this. I'm way behind. And uh, I know they don't. It's only the halfway mark. I know they don't. Yeah, well, guess what? You still need to make ground. All right, you need to make ground. <laughs> 
but the war is for me. Or lose, or lose ground. Three, three in a row is good. Well, I'm going to go down swinging, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the war is for me. The three in a row is good. Uh, I don't know whether they can back it up, but the roosters kind of look a lot like the rabbits to me. They look like they're yeah, it's a bit, bit of the wobbles, even off the bar, and they kind of struggled. I think Robinson will jam it in on this week, but Sonny Bill's been quiet, and uh, Sean Kenny Dow, wow, sort yourself on that right edge, champ. Mm. Yeah, look, guys, they were very impressive against Manly on the weekend, the Warriors. But, look, they just don't win away from home. I know they beat the Broncos two weeks ago, but, geez, you know, a retirement village to beat the Broncos at the moment. So, look, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to tip the Warriors. I'll tip the Roosters. Well, I can only say, gone to Warriors. Gone to Warriors. Uh, speaking of the Broncos and the retirement village, uh, they take on the Tigers in Monday Night Football at Suncorp yeah. Stadium. Jeez, uh, what a hard one to tip this is. Flip a coin. Uh, I want to go. The, I want to go the Broncos just because I. Uh, they look frustrated last night. Um, they've got a Monday to Monday backup. Hopefully, um, Griffin gives them some time off this week and and maybe put some fun back into their football because they look like they're just hating playing at the moment. Um, but I'll take the Broncos with absolutely no confidence at all. I'm going the Tigers. <laughs> like I said, if I'm going to ride this bandwagon into the river and drown and go down blazing, I'm going down the right way. <laughs> so you've got no reason for dipping the Titans purely if Mate, uh, Tigers, apart from the fact that they've won two up. in a row. They're a bit dour. They're getting some players back, which usually isn't a good thing. Uh, you know, when they come back, they're usually a bit out of form, but. Christ, I'm just jumping the bandwagon. I need to get some points back. Go the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Far out. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the Broncos, but look, mainly because I know in the Korea Mail, all the ex-Broncos legends are out there and absolutely giving them shit. It's, um, yeah, it's not, not good for the Broncos. They're a big club. And to be losing this many games and to be so far down, it's, it's just not acceptable. So they either win against the Tigers or, wow, I, yeah, heads will roll. <laughs> Beautiful. All, That's us. all I can say, ladies and gentlemen, is like I said, this bandwagon, it's going down in glory. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to rob a bank, you don't walk in, change your mind, get arrested. You go down, <laughs> you go down fire and you get shot. You do whatever you've got to do to go down in a blaze of glory. You don't half-ass the job. He's pushed all in. He's pushed all in halfway through the game. Well, one point here and there over the next 13 weeks isn't going to do the job. Yeah, well, I'm already eight back, so I'm just chucking it in now. I'm going upsets. Well, the most competitive tipping comp out there. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Between two people, because one of us is already done. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, mate. Thanks a lot for that, and uh, we'll have a chat to you next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate See it. See you, mate. No worries, mate. So, hey, mate. And as always, a big thanks to Mr. Gossip. You can catch him on Facebook by heading up to the search bar and typing in RL Gossip. He's also linked on our page, and we're linked on his, and also on Twitter, at NRL Gossip. But now we move into the wrap-up. Well, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. Obviously available, as always, on a Wednesday on Podomatic and iTunes. Like us, review us, and share it with your friends, guys. And remember, if you want to get in contact with us, you can get us on Twitter, at fifth and last. That's the letter N, not the word and. Uh, if you want to get us on the email... That is fifth and last podcast at hotmail.com. And on Facebook, head up to the search bar and type in fifth and last NRL podcast. Uh, enjoy your week, guys, and remember to enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.